Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That is true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing. Yes, they are great ones. Uh, also, the writing life, you might say. I do a column three times a week, uh, the editor's blog, where I talk about all the different the relationship between the lives we lead and the books we write. Yes, I do. That's all. But there are also video interviews with best-selling award-winning authors across the genre. It's got one up now with uh, Nicole Persson, who writes under the name of Jennifer Gold. She's a very young woman who has uh, got her first book out with a traditional publisher. Uh, and oh, she's a fascinating young woman, uh, someone who's really just plugged herself in right away early in her life. And it's just things are going great for her. It's a wonderful conversation. Very nice person. Check it out. Authormagazine.org. We're also funded by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. These folks have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. You hear me talk about them every week. Yes, you do. That's because they're great people and they have a great conference. It's going to be a second week in September, 2019 conference. And uh, well, I'll be there. Yes, I will be. I'll be there teaching, uh, I think, uh, oh, how everybody has what it takes debunking the talent myth. That's right. I'll be there doing that. And Donald Moss will be there. Chris Vogue will be there. Agents and editors will be there. Lots of other writers are there. I know you're shy, but so are all the other writers. Go there and meet them. You know, I'll also be teaching in, uh, anyway, learn about that or get to me. Learn more about the PNWA. You can learn about their, uh, learn about their conference all at pnwa.org. Yes, you can. As I said, I'll be teaching. I'm going to be at the Willamette Writers Conference doing a fearless writing masterclass. What am I doing? Let's look at my handy-dandy. Ah, the second, looks like it'll be there, ooh, the first week in August. That's down there in Portland. If you're there, check it out. Fearless Writing Masterclass, Sunday the 4th. I'll be doing that. Also, speaking of fearless writing, okay, listen, maybe you can't make it to Portland. Maybe you can't go to the Pacific Northwest Writers Conference. Doesn't matter because on July, when is it? I got to check my thing. Ah, July 27th, I'm going to be doing an online Fearless Writing Masterclass. And if you have a webcam, We'll be able to talk to each other face-to-face, you, me, and the other attendees. But I'm telling you, this thing, this class, it's filling up fast. There's only three spots left. That's it. That's right. So if you want to sign up for an online, fearless, one-on-one, fearless writing masterclass, get, learn how to find more time to write, get over writer's block, quit worrying about what people think of your stuff. Yes, yes, that's, that's what we do at Fearless Writing. You can go to williamknauer.com, sign up for it. It's right there on the front page. Yes, it is. Okay. Speaking of fearless writers... I got one today, Steve O'Keefe. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Steve is the content director at Ourobora, where he designs content marketing campaigns for authors, experts, companies, and brands. He's also the author of The Complete Guide to Internet Publicity and taught internet public relations at Tulane University, at the university level. Can you believe it? For over a decade. That's amazing. In addition to his work with Ourobora, Steve is director of the uh, Staunton Media Lab, a media arts program for the deaf, blind, and uniquely able, where he sources audio and video for campaigns. But, of course, he's a writer, too. He's the author of the recently released Set the Page on Fire, Secrets of Successful Writers. Steve, welcome to Author to Author. Bill, it's a great pleasure to be here with you today. I, it's a dream come true. 
a dream come true. Well, that's what we do here at Author to Author. We make dreams come true. I'm glad I could do that for you. Uh, so, all right, this book set the page on fire. I was kind of pleased to learn, if I understand the history behind this a little bit, to some degree, this started with a book I quite like, um, uh, If You Want to Write by Brenda Eulen. Is that right? That to some degree, it sort of began with that book years ago. Is that correct? That's correct. It was initially yeah. uh, conceived of as a sequel to Eulen's If You Want to Write, which you know is tremendously inspirational. Oh, yeah. And uh at the time that I wrote the first book proposal, I was living in Port Townsend, Washington, in, uh, ah, in the lovely oh, Pacific the Northwest. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I used to live out there. I worked for a publisher named Lupanics Unlimited, a very notorious publisher for 10 years, uh, uh-huh. and worked my way up from a typesetter to uh, editor to editorial director, and then started oh. my own business promoting books and authors on the Internet in 1994. Ninety-four. <laughs> yeah. What the, it, I, was there an internet in 1994? Yeah. I starved a little <laughs> at the beginning, but in October <laughs> of that year, uh, the first web browser was released. And so prior to that, well, we, re- we had success promoting books through discussion groups and bulletin boards online, oh, places like whoa. Prodigy, Genie, The Well, uh, Holy and Echo in New York. Uh, so... It goes way back. <laughs> Holy smokes. Because I remember I had an agent and she was like, well, Bill, and this was, when was this? This might have been 2000 or 99. And she was like, well, Bill, I'm going to email, email your manuscript to the publisher. Can you believe it? I was like, do it. <laughs> it's a brave new world. She said that was 1999. Wow. Okay. So that, so you, you were working, what's the name of the publisher again? Uh, Loom Panic up there in Port Townsend. They've, they've since gone out of business, but right. they were sort of notorious for selling counterculture books. Oh, good for them. Okay, so there are a bunch of hippies up there in Port Townsend. I know it well. I've taught up there a bunch of times. I do like Port Townsend. In fact, ah, the author and who's the uh, subject of our interview this month, she's a Port Townsend native. So Okay, so, so that's where you were, but you got your hands. So you're doing that. You're involved in the publishing world. You're a publishing professional. Uh, but you get your hands on Brenda Eulen's, uh If You Want to Write, which, for those who don't know, this book was written in 1938, I believe, uh, by right. Ms. Eulen, who is a journalist and a freelance writer and really a one-of-a-kind kind of personality, not, not following any of the usual paths that women did in the 20s and 30s and so on. And she wrote this book and it actually, I guess, well, I'll let you talk about it, but I know it kind of dipped and then kind of had a resurgence at some point. Is that true? Am I remembering correctly? Uh, yeah, it, it sort of quickly sank out of, out of publication in 38. And she was actually somewhat well known uh, in the circle of Emma Goldman and the people in the movie The Reds or Reds. I think oh, yeah. The name yeah. Of it. And yeah. so uh, Brenda Eulen was uh, sort of on the fringes of that group and went back to Minnesota instead yeah. of being deported. And, uh, <laughs> and she, she taught writing, and it wasn't until the 1980s, like 84 or 85, that uh, her book oh. was republished in a limited edition hardcover. And you know who found it then was Scott Walker at Grey Wolf Press. Oh, my God. Yeah, Scott Walker. Right. Was he, he, was he a writer? He's a writer too, yep. right? 
he's a writer yeah. and they were out in uh seattle at the time or in the northwest they moved to minneapolis which is where uh brenda Ulan was from but yeah uh and and they're still going strong in minneapolis now wait, wait is that gray wolf who what is is that gray wolf who press is, yeah. yeah it's great oh that's okay so he did gray wolf so they found it oh they, well, okay, so they, so then you found it yeah. about the same time they re-released it. It sounds like, or was it? Or did right. you find it in the nineties? No, just shortly after they were re-released. All right, and what was your back. experience when you read it? You read it and you and what and what happened? What happened? Oh, to you? you know what it's like. I I, I was so smitten by her enthusiasm and her belief yeah. in in the common individual to use writing to learn about themselves. And the yeah. world around them, and yeah. uh, she was uh, really breathtaking in her uh, unstoppable uh, enthusiasm for writing. Yeah, and I she was, was great. so struck by that book that I created a class of uh, for adults, a writing class for adults, based on her book. Right. And that was the origin of the exercises, like "What does your moon look like?" That's in my book which right. encourages people to also, it's a very encouraging book for writers. Yeah. Like yeah. yours, you, oh, you well, have to you. move those barriers down. Yeah. And, uh, and realize that we're all capable of doing this because unlike singing or being an athlete, no one is born as a writer. You have to learn how to write. It's a, it's a, you know, hieroglyphics. It, it doesn't yeah, it's matter. true. Yeah, but if true. you know how to do it, you're in the club, and we're all yeah. equally talented at slinging that uh, alphabet uh, in ways that reveal things to other people, the reader, and our, and to ourselves. And so you you started this class now. And when you started it, what was your relationship to writing at that time? Just as your own writing practice, when you found the book and started doing the class. Um, at that time, I had been a book editor for 10 years, and I probably uh-huh. edited about 200 books. And you know wow. what it's like, thousands of yep. query letters. Uh, and um, I was also working as a freelance writer at that time for Outside Magazine was one of the places oh, yeah. I wrote. Yeah. Uh, and I also wrote for Boing Boing, uh, Wired, Nose, The Nose. Uh, for the Internet World magazine, I was their book publishing columnist. And for the independent publisher, uh, published by Publishers Marketing Association, oh, okay. IGPA, All right. so you were... I, was, I was their Internet columnist for right. over a decade. Wow. Okay. So, so you really, you know what I like is you kind of, you early on, you began to find kind of your niche and that you were the relationship between technology and in the growing technology and writing. It seemed like you got dialed into that right away. Yeah. Always fascinated. Yeah. And that came really from college. Like most writers, early experiences, I was on my college lit mag, but unlike right. most writers, I was on the managing editor of it because I had a degree in economics and I was always interested in the business end um, of publishing. And that's um, where I learned how to spec type and paper quality and binding and uh, right. I, so, you know, we have many teachers <laughs> in publishing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, writers, you know, you can you can be a writer and just go out there and tear it up. But to be a publisher, you just have to learn so many different facets. And yeah. as a self-publisher, as you know, people, your your students and your audience 
They, they make amazing discoveries as self-publishers. And the good news is that at the end of the day, they want to keep publishing. Almost yeah. everyone who I've interviewed who has written a book wants to write another book. And yeah. they don't regret writing the first one, even if it cost them a lot or took forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, self-publishing is tricky. It is a, you are creating a job for yourself beyond writing books if you decide to publish it yourself. It's a whole thing, you know. It's a whole, it's a whole, it's a business. You, you've created a business, and not every writer is a business person, you know, in that, on that level, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And there's uh, just so many facets. So there are, to publish there are, where, so, but this writing, is, what really counts is getting down to it, putting those words on paper, not talking about it, putting them on paper. That's right. So that's right. Not talking about it. So, which actually, Hey, I was, so you have this like four, like you start with this. this, this it's a, it's, I love this book. I know it's going to sound, I love kind of how to books, which is sort of is a kind of inspirational how to book. It's short. Yeah. Now, I would have written mine this short, but my publisher wouldn't let me, but I would, I <laughs> wanted to make it, but I had to make it longer. So I did. But, um, so it's one of the first things you do is you have the sort of 10, uh, secrets, you know, successful writers. And one of those is don't talk about your writing, which is that that's number. Let me see if I can find it. Number five, oh, right in the middle. Right. Don't that one. I'll tell you, Steve, I want you to, I want to, I'd like you to talk about that. And I was, I bring that up cause that's one that took me a, a little while to learn. I've learned it now, but man, for a while, I just, I talked about it all the time. I know. And I'm, you can imagine, oh, it took me 25 years to get this book out. How many people heard about this book before they oh, saw it? Right. And uh, so I, I've talked about the book plenty. And what right. happens, the, the main reason is not, it's not like a fight club thing. <laughs> you know, don't talk right. about fight club. Right. Uh, it's more like, what happens is when you try to express your ideas verbally, you have about one fourth of the vocabulary that you have when you're expressing yourself in alphabet. Interesting. And so what happens when you start talking about your ideas is they just sound a little thin, maybe embarrassing yeah. or not really up to snuff. But yep. if you did that same thing at the typewriter and you forced yourself to dig a little deeper, you know, in your language, you ignite this larger vocabulary. And that vocabulary is your toolkit. And you want to work with a 40,000 word toolkit, not a 10,000 word toolkit. Right. And right. that's why what we say never sounds, not even one line will come out the same way from the, from the typewriter or the keyboard yeah. as it does when you speak it. Yeah. And, and so people say, well, I talked, I, there's an example who killed Mrs. Montcrief in the book, you know, who was a character that this woman had developed in a writer's workshop, but she never wrote about it because when she talked about the character to her friends, it didn't sound like something worth writing about. Yeah. And I think, well, that's too bad. She, that poor Mrs. Montcrief got killed before she got born. Yeah. Yeah, it's really true. And the thing also is you can sometimes you get an idea when I talk, when I teach fearless writing, one of the things I'll, examples I'll, I'll have is like as a writer, you can you can have this idea for a story and your idea could just be this, a guy on a raft. But to you, like that's all you know. You don't know why he's on the raft or where he's going or who's after him. 
but already you can feel the tension of it, but you just haven't right. figured out the details of it. But if you went to someone and said, here's a cool idea, a guy in a raft, it's nothing. But you, in your mind, can feel what hasn't yet been fleshed out, and it's cool, even though, even though there's, nothing, there's, nothing, there's nothing there. But, there is, but you can feel what will become. It's almost like a pregnant woman who can feel, the, feel pregnant before she's showing, you know? Uh, That's and right. I, think it's, I think it's very much like that. Uh, okay, now we have to double back a little bit. Uh, 25 years. So here you are. You're, you're a guy who, in the publishing business, you've got a degree in economics. You're, you know, you're interested in learning how this publishing thing works. And yet it took you 25 years to publish this book. Why? Why did it take so long? Talk to me about that journey. What were your mistakes? What were your misconceptions? What happened that it took so long? No judgment, by the way. That's not even the record for the people I know who have had to try to publish yeah. books. But that's, you know, that's a long journey. So what happened? Talk to me about it. It is a long journey. And, you know, and I wrote several books in between. So it wasn't like I was idle. Uh, right. But what happened is it's hard to write a book about writing. Of course, every single writer uh, has a book about writing in them. And, sure. you know, and I sort of welcome all those. I don't, I'm like you. I love to interview authors. I've interviewed hundreds of authors and I've read hundreds of author interviews and I'm just a junkie for that. And right. uh, so um, I, I uh, wrote the book proposal in 1994 and it just got uh, resoundingly rejected. And I was okay. maybe too young. Too inexperienced. Yeah. Ten years as right. a book editor, not enough. You know, they threw me back in the water and said, you know, get a little bigger. <laughs> swimming. Right. Get a little bigger. We'll see you in 10 years, you know. And right. uh, so what happened in, then in 2004, I sold the idea for the book to uh, Phil Wood, who was then the owner of uh, 10 Speed Press in Berkeley, oh, yeah. California. Yeah. Uh, revered independent press. Uh, yeah. What color is your parachute? Was there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Why cats paint is one of their books, uh, <laughs> pop, most popular books. Uh, the Moosewood Cookbook. And uh, oh, so wow. I thought it was yeah. a a good publisher for me. And uh, and I knew the owner, and he loved the stories about the prison authors and ne'er do well authors at Loon Panics and. Uh, so he said, you write it down, I'll publish it. And foolishly, for your listeners, I didn't get it in writing at that time. He sent me an email, said he wanted to do the book. I didn't ask for a contract. I never did a book proposal. And I finished the manuscript in three months and uh, submitted it. And then it just got very, very frustrating. Uh, you know, I would um, write every two weeks and say, do you want to do the book? And he'd say right. yes, and I'd say, "Would you send me a contract?" And then he'd say yes, and then no contract <sighs> would show up. But you up. didn't have an agent. I at that time I wasn't working with an agent. So finally, yeah. after months of this, about six months of this, I contacted Jeff Herman, who was oh yeah at that oh yeah. yeah yeah. I had a contract yeah. from him from ten years earlier to be my agent, and right. he'd never agented anything for me. But he always liked my writing. And okay. so I said, would you close this deal with 10 Speed or shop right. the book somewhere else? And they didn't like that I got an agent involved, and they backed oh, out of the deal. 
and right. he shopped at to twenty or thirty publishers, and I got resoundingly rejected. Oh, and my like, God. okay. In the interim, I had moved to New Orleans. I'm teaching at Tulane, and this big hurricane comes. And oh, and uh, so then all of a sudden, I was like, "Who needs book publishing? I mean, really, how much right. of an advance am I going to get anyway?" Uh, right. You know, I I do campaigns for books. PR campaigns that might cost, you know, $1,500 or $15,000. And, you know, publishers aren't giving those kind of advances anymore. So it's really all incumbent on the author to generate all of the sales, basically. Right. Um, But then if you do, you have a very cheap printing process there with your publisher. So it's not like uh, self-publishing where every copy costs you $15 and, you know, you're losing a dollar a copy, but you're making it up on volume. So, and so, so you said, "Well, screw it, I'm done." And so then another 15 years, another 15 years <laughs> goes by, and right. you just and you just set it aside. What made you want to resurrect it? Well, something happened in November of 2016. I can't ah. exactly <laughs> say what it was. Can't remember but what, but something suddenly, lit a. Suddenly, oh I God. felt like the world was topsy-turvy, and I had, um, you know, uh, spirits looking over my shoulder, tormenting me, not giving me the peace to write, and right. I realized I couldn't keep doing the kind of commercial journalism I'd been doing up to that time, which is, you know, yeah. this is how writers make money. We write news releases. We write press kits. We write back cover copies. Sure. Uh, you know editing uh, and um, blogging, turning everything into blogs and et cetera, white papers. And for years I had been hiring literally dozens of writers from all over the world to write about specialized topics for corporations and nonprofits. Okay. Uh, News blogging, we called it. So we tried to tether a journalist who had five years of journalism experience plus they knew whatever the field was, architecture, right. computers, uh, uh, employee benefits, <laughs> you know, anything. All the exciting stuff. Yeah, very, you know, I've done stuff for diapers. I've done stuff for uh, incontinence <laughs> products. Uh, wow. So uh, you can imagine building a blog for uh, to help somebody sell. Someone's got to sell it. Walk it in, exists. Walk, walk in bathtubs and things. <laughs> And a number of attorneys, I've done blogs for attorneys, uh, you know, we call them the accident of the week blogs. Uh, right. So, um, but most of them, I'm not the writer. So I can hire a lawyer who can write for less than it costs for me to write. And right. uh, I could hire somebody that's a computer programmer and also a good journalist. And uh, so we were we were using these specialties, but see, then all of that just came crashing down (laughs) around me in November when uh, things in America changed changed and hiring writers from around the world was now not seen as a patriotic thing to do. Uh, Even though we, we didn't care who wrote. I mean, we worked with writers in the UK, in Hong Kong, in China, in India, you know, uh, so it wasn't that they're all like from impoverished countries. They all had to <laughs> in England. Right. Uh, and so you were like, okay. You're... Yeah. And, and so you were like, okay, 
got to do something different. Yeah. And that's when I wrote to my agent again, and I said, please, please, uh, Jeff Herman, would you please get me a contract for a book? <clears throat> I need to be writing now, not doing right. journalism. And right. so I gave him up, and this will be interesting to your audience, I gave him a one sheet with four pitches on it. Uh, oh, interesting. And I said, I want, I want to do one of these four books. And then I had a behind that a one sheet for each one of the four books. And he said, we should do this set the page on fire. I love that story about the dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because there's a dog story near the beginning about a dog named Robert. And it's, it's a very effective story in teaching amateur writers that they, it doesn't matter if you're not a good writer. This story right. I, yeah, I remember that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who fairly can command the uh, the yeah, language, but it's quite moving, right. you know. And yep. and the point is, if you get across, if you're moving, you know, with me, I have editors and copy editors and content editors that can turn any scrap of quasi English into polished prose. So I don't right. need the polish. Publishers don't need the polish. They need the fire, and the right. fire you can't. You know, you can't get the fire into the manuscript unless you write like that. That's right. That's right. And so he went and so he went around and Jeff Herman found New World Library and they said, Let's do it. And you know, I had worked for New New World Library uh many times promoting books of theirs. And oh, so okay. So you had a relationship. I did, but they'd rejected the manuscript before. And they ah. were reluctant to look at it again. So you see, the manuscript's been around the block, and once people have looked at something, they don't want to look at it twice. Right. And, um, so once they bought the manuscript, they said, we, we want you to completely change. <laughs> wow. And I was like, oh. you have got to be kidding me. And they said, no, we want you to tear it all down and cook it all down to, like, the basic principles. So that's how you get that opening of the ten top ten secrets of right, successful right. writers. And then once I got it all torn down to just the basics, they said, "Okay, now we want you to build it back up again." And I'm like, "Oh, they, what? Wow, <laughs> you guys really reworked it. Unbelievable amount of work <laughs> wow. that went in. Wow. There's three drafts of the manuscript after the book was done. So." Wow. Uh, and like you'll see, there are, are there are almost no direct quotes from any of the people I've interviewed, no pictures right. of them, none of their stories. Right. No, none of that. Uh, nope. But, you know, it, 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 it goes like a freight train as a result. You know, you open it up and boom, it's right, you're right in there. Yeah. And you can uh, come out of the first chapter with good advice that you can use to get your writing done. It's awesome. And so you've had a few, and so it's been out for months. How have you been talking to people about it? Have you had a chance to like teach based on it? How, how has it been for this first month? Well, for me, it's just so exciting. I've done two textbooks in the past. You don't really tour for a textbook. No. And you don't do too many podcasts for them. They were influential. Right. And then I ghost wrote several books. You don't ever get to really claim yeah. a ghostwritten book. And, uh, and so most of my work has been in shorter form. Uh, so hundreds yeah. of articles, you know, and 
certainly in fiction. I've also had lots of short stories published, but never an anthology. I've never done a novel. Um, and uh, like most people, I got half of one in the drawer. <laughs> right. So, uh, so I'm like every other writer, you know, in that I have been trying to crack this nut my whole life to figure out right. how I can make a living just writing. And yep. you, you often get sucked into things like business. See, when you're a self-publisher, then people say, well, you won't make any money on the book. You'll make it all up on consulting. Well, I don't want right. to be a consultant. <laughs> I want right. to be a writer. I want to spend my hours at the typewriter. And I literally write at a typewriter, even though ah. I'm an expert on online PR. Uh, and wow. it's because of the quiet. Old school. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Hand carved, machine steel. Wow. High That's fiber awesome. content box. Yeah. Well, this has got to feel very gratifying for you. And uh, it's a, it's a, it is a fast, easy read that gets stuff piped right into the veins of the writer. So uh, I recommend it, people. If you enjoyed Fearless Writing, I think this would be an excellent companion. Set the page on fire, absolutely. Or vice versa. Maybe you read this, you read Fearless Writing. Who knows? But it's another great book about writing. Uh, I'm really happy for you, Steve. What a journey. But... But I'm not through with you. I'm not through with you yet. I got one more question. Uh, but before I ask it, uh, well, the book's available wherever, I assume, yeah? That's right. And my site is my name with a hyphen, Steve-O'Keefe, O-K-E-E-F-E. Dot com. Yeah. Okay. So you can, if you want to learn more about Steve, you can go there, get the book anywhere. It's set the page on fire, secrets of successful writers. Okay, got one more question for you, Steve. Uh, I want you to finish this sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Um, if writing has taught me anything, uh, writing has taught me to write. And <laughs> that's how I learned to, to write is getting in there and mixing it up with the keyboard. You're just not going to think your way through it. You're not going to talk your way through it. You kind of got to get in there and, and tough it out with the alphabet. And you'll see when you warm up at the, at the keyboard, you feel that, you feel that heat. And that's what you should be striving for is that heat, not perfection, that heat. I agree. Fearless. I Fearless. <laughs> That's right. When you're in it, that's what fearlessness feels like. That heat is fearlessness in action. Steve, thank you very much. You're a great guy. You've written a great book. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Bill, and thanks for welcoming me into the community. <laughs> you are, oh, consider yourself absolutely welcomed. All right, everybody. Well, yes. Feel the heat, people. Go for it. That is the current of your desire flowing. Uh, I'm going to be, oh, you know who's going to be here next week? Melissa Stuttered. Yes. Friend of the show, friend of ours, lovely lady, great poet. She's coming back. Uh, uh, again, if you want to sign up for Fearless Writing, website, check it out, williamkenauer.com. I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries. Thank you, RJ. You're awesome. Until then, go out and find something you love to do and do it.